welcome to Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald. Hey, that's me. Hi, and welcome to Positive Talk. Our show features the best positive stories and people from around the globe as we endeavor to answer the universal question of why am I here and what is my purpose? Understanding that can change everything and knowing your greatness is fundamental to living your best life. So join us right now as together we work to create the adventure of our lifetime. You know, sadly, I say this way too much, but this is going to be a great show. And so I hope that you'll stay with us the entire time because our guest today and our co-host today are two amazing women who have accomplished much and are yet to accomplish everything they're going to in life. And I'm excited to have them both here. But first, I've got to talk to Nathan just really quick. Nathan, how are you? Hi, Kevin. Bye, Kevin. Okay, that was really quick. See ya. <laughs> that, was, that was it. That's a 30-second deal. How's the weather this weekend? Good? Uh, well, you've probably heard we do have a pretty big cold front coming up. Maybe chance of that. Uh, but for this weekend, just a bunch of rain, no threat of snow yet. Oh, is next week going to be a threat of snow? They're talking about temperatures. I mean, I'm looking at them. Let me go up over here on my phone and get to the extended one there but they're saying that the temperatures uh, will be like highs of like the mid 20 degrees and overnight oh, lows approaching wow. 10 and right now i see a little snowflake on friday we'll see what happens there i'm so excited that'll that'll be so much fun i guess i get to stay home another week oh well that's okay <laughs> I, I that's what that's what i do but thank you thank you for that nathan and uh and i appreciate having you here to make sure that we all sound good and they're doing a good job and we're doing just that indeed indeed so dana parker is my co-host today she gets to play with me on fridays a lot and uh it is so great to see you again. How are you? Thank you. I'm doing great today. It is snowing, full on snow here. So just trying to stay warm. Yeah, you're you're in the beautiful uh, Utah area surrounding Salt Lake City somewhere. Yep, it's true. That's, that's very good. Well, our guest today is in even a higher place than you. <laughs> She's in Denver, Colorado. At least that's where she was i don't she, she's a world traveler um i gotta i gotta tell you her name is amanda blackwood and she is let's see she's an author she's a podcaster she's a voice actor she's an actor she is um a advocate for people who have gone through some times in their life that involve human trafficking she's been that and she's also been a star of stage and screen. And Amanda, it's such it's such an honor to have you on the show. Thank you so much for being here. And thank you so much, Kevin. I knew from the very first second that you and I connected that we were going to get along for a lifetime. So. <laughs> I'm so I can relate. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, you guys are going to make me. I'm blushing on TV, and I'm not allowed to do that. You guys are awesome, and I really appreciate what you are doing and how you're taking what happened to you when you were younger and you are making a difference in the world today because you're helping people who have been trafficked. And I think, well, I'll ask you, um, um, when we talk about trafficking, it's the common thing is not really as true as what actual human trafficking is am i correct in that yes 
So we automatically have all these assumptions when we hear the words human trafficking. You know, for one thing, a lot of people have a hard time saying the words. I get people saying all the time, trafficked. That's not a word. Um, <laughs> I, w- I was trafficked. Yep, I get that a lot. <laughs> but the truth behind trafficking is that you want to know the, the real definition of trafficking is that the Department of Homeland Security defines it as the use of force, fraud, or coercion to obtain commercial sex acts or labor from another person. So there's no mention of transportation. There's no mention of money. There's no mention of prostitution. There's no mention of age. None, there's no mention of, of kidnapping. So all of these preconceived ideas that we have where it's some kid being picked up by some greasy weirdo in a windowless van and thrown into the world of trafficking is completely off. Hmm. The truth is that most people are trafficked by people they already know and trust and love. Most of the time it is a romantic interest, but often it's also parents, grandparents, aunts and uncles, that kind of stuff. It's also incredibly uh, shocking to most people that only one quarter of all victims are under the age of 18. That means most are not children. So when they talk about the, because there's just been this thing going around that of, of children getting uh, trafficked and their blood sucked and uh, all this, all this kind of stuff that is more of a conspiracy theory than anything, it really does a disservice to all the people who are trafficked and in, a, in an older a variety. And that happened to you when you were 31, perhaps. Yes. Yep, the third time I was trafficked, I was 31 years old. So, it, and you're a smart lady, so that doesn't, it does, it has nothing to do with your intelligence level or anything else. It just has to do with circumstances that you find yourself in. Would that be close? Absolutely. Also has nothing to do with your GPA, even though mine was really low in school. <laughs> <laughs> Dana, does that, does that strike you as being something you've heard before, or is this kind of new? This actually is new and and which is interesting because the the world of of trafficking you know it's never been brought to my attention that when we take things really extreme then people can minimize their experience and not realize that they're actually being trafficked or considered that when when uh, that's actually taking place which is such a disservice to individuals because I think often you know I I love documentaries, love, love, love. Like in my free time for fun, I watch documentaries. <laughs> I, it's what I love. And a lot of them have to do with, with topics kind of like this because I'm fascinated by the misuse of power in our world. Because coming from a, a very strict religious background, I wanted to just to learn everything about it. And understanding that when people aren't educated properly as i watch a lot of these these cult uh, mind control things when people aren't educated properly and they're not told that something is wrong they they dishonor themselves at the expense because somebody else is telling them that it's okay a higher authority is telling them it's okay so the more we can can clear this up like this is giving me chills i'm like amanda this is powerful work because the more we can clear this up and really educate the masses on the reality of this and it empowers people to say you know what no i know that that's not okay 
I, I've been educated that that's not a way I should be treated. And they start listening to that inner voice more, which is, is something I care deeply about. You know, in the first time that we talked to Amanda, we were talking about the fact that there are people that are being trafficked in our neighborhoods. It might be somebody that you're going to school with or somebody that you're working with or, or a myriad of other things. And by the way, how did you come up with growth from darkness? I love that. <laughs> I was in a very, very dark place in my life. I was doing what I could, trying to help out where I was able. And I was trying to start my own charity organization. And I knew that a lot of the things that had happened to me in the past were wrong. I knew that they shouldn't have happened to me. And I had finally, after 30 something years, come to the conclusion that it wasn't my fault. <laughs> but being in that dark place, I knew that I couldn't climb out of that pit without help. Yeah. So now what I do, my website and my mentorship, and I've got a book series that I'm working on writing, it's all linked to growth from darkness because we have to go to the darkest parts of our souls to be able to grow at all. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, yeah. I, I agree 100%. I agree. Now, from my, from my perspective, I believe that we are born great. That then, but as time goes on and things happen to us, um, that changes because we no longer feel like we are great and our greatness is hidden from us because of all of the things that we're told when we're small all the way up through, in your case, 31 years old. And it makes it really difficult. I'm, I am so proud that you are here to talk to us about that and your journey because as i say in the opening this is a this is your adventure of a lifetime <laughs> and i, I want to thank you for for sharing all of this with us because i think it's really really important absolutely and honestly i feel like it's been more like 12 lifetimes yeah <laughs> well, i imagine flipped a lot <laughs> Now, even in the darkest of days, I still lived a lot. Mm -hmm. The last time I was trafficked, as horrific as it was at 31 years old, I was living in Scotland. I was visiting castles. Mm -hmm. so with every bad thing that ever happened in my life, there was something that was equally great about it. And that's what really pulled me through was recognizing that, yes, this is absolutely horrible, but I can find that little sliver of a silver lining somewhere. Mm. That is, that's an incredible. Now, Dana is uh, my coach and she's also a life coach. And I want to ask both of you ladies, since you're both very, very brilliant, um, how do you get past it? If you are trafficked as a young girl, especially being a girl, um, it, the, the types of trafficking that you go through, the sexual stuff and all of that, it, it, can, it can be a life altering life defeating event how did you get through it amanda and and dana do you have some advice for people that are perhaps going through that now some advice to get out to grow from the darkness to get back into the light amanda you first so getting through it was a very long process of stumbling, of tripping over anything and everything, of not trusting people, of not having functional relationships for years, including afterward. Now, and 
the world of human trafficking is very similar to that of being in a, a relationship filled with domestic violence. The most dangerous point in time for a person who's in that world is when they leave. Because that person has already decided that you are not a person, you are an object and they own you. So I was hunted relentlessly for years after I got out. It didn't end just because I left. You know, he attacked me. He did awful things to me. And in 2018, I went to an anti-trafficking conference. I learned that what I had been through was called trafficking. And that was kind of a start for me. I could put a name to it. That was a huge help, which is why I'm out here doing what I'm doing now with trying to break down these myths and letting people know that what they're going through is more than likely human trafficking if it, if it fits these criteria, not those criteria. <laughs> and once I, I started to understand that, I started to go through this process of really understanding what this name meant. That was when I found out that the man who had trafficked me made me famous on a pornography website using photos and videos of me that were taken during my trafficking. He included all of my social media information, any kind of personal contact information. I was asked for my autograph in a grocery store. So really, the answer to that question is I had to hit rock bottom and I had to find what rock bottom was for me to be able to reach out and ask for the help that I needed. I could not have done this alone. I reached out to an anti-trafficking organization. One group put me with a group of pro bono lawyers that were fighting these pornography websites. Another group paired me up with a counselor. She was terrible. I traumatized the poor woman. She quit forever. Uh, so they paired me up with another one and she was great. And she got me over the speed bumps that I had been struggling with. Mm -hmm. But the last part of really what got me through everything and really showed me who I am as a person was writing my book. I had to take this time of self-reflection and really dig deep into who I was, who I could have been, who it is that I'm mourning for because that person now will never be, and who those people were who hurt me. Dana? <laughs> oh, your story is so beautiful, Amanda. And you speak with such power and confidence. And I think that that's one of the, the beauties of you as an individual coming out of this, you know, because a lot of times I think we can imagine that somebody who's been through this uh, feeling small or, um, you know, uh, especially women, we were, we are culturally uh, in the training often to be small, not take up room, be quiet. Um, and you just speaking with such power with your story, I think is inspiring and actually helps women see what power on the other side looks like. So just, I commend you. I honor you for your path and your journey and what you're doing. And I love to listen to you speak. So I'm glad that you're doing that because you're, it's really enjoyable and I feel more empowered. And so, yes. Well, I was just, just going to say, one of the things I love about Dana is she wears her heart on her sleeve. Oh, yeah. And she can very rarely get through one of these episodes without crying um, because she's so full of empathy for, for the issues that you have. And, and for those of you that are, that are listening to this and are saying, oh, it's not that. Could you imagine being in the grocery store and you knew nothing about any of the, the uh, sites that you had been placed on? because you don't go to those places and nobody and some guy walks up to you and says 
<laughs> hey, Amanda, how you doing? That would be a life horrifying experience. Is yeah. that what it was for you? It was humiliating. Mm-hmm. It was awful. You know, back when I lived in Los Angeles, which was many moons ago now, I was on Alias and Will and Grace. I modeled for Harley Davidson. I've done a lot of really cool stuff in my life. And when I lived out there, every now and then, in some really bizarre, strange circumstance, I would be asked for my autograph. So walking through a grocery store aisle and having somebody walk up to me and ask me for my autograph, my first thought was, what for? Mm-hmm. And I asked. And he showed me. Oh, my God. He got, he got his, what, it was like on his phone. He got his phone out and said, here, look at this. It's on my front page. Mm-hmm. It was a video he had downloaded. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Oh. Wow. And, and that happens more than, I think it was you who told me that uh, in that particular industry, that 85% of the people that are involved in that, predominantly women, have been trafficked or are being trafficked in that scenario. Is that true? Right. 85% of modern pornography is created using victims of human trafficking. That's correct. Wow. Wow. I hope, I, you know, <laughs> this just an aside, I hope that when you hear that, if, if that is one of the things that you do in life, I hope mm-hmm. that you will now understand that that is not something that you should support mm-hmm. and you should view because if nobody views it, it'll go away mm-hmm. if, because it's a matter of dollars and cents. But mm-hmm. if, if 85% of the people are being trafficked there, then that is, yeah, that's a criminal enterprise. It's a really high number. And that's a, that's a horrible, that's a horrible. Yeah. yeah. And, and I, I want to pull some really important things that I think uh, Amanda really hit with her story because anyone listening who's maybe been through um, any type of trafficking or sex abuse or anything like that, I think it's really valuable to just pull some of these nuggets. Okay. Number one, getting help outside of just you. That is so vital to get a perspective outside of you from professional help. And and there's lots of resources, Amanda. I'm I'm sure you can connect people to lots of different resources as they contact you. Um, But there are resources that you can find that can get you the help that you need. Whether you have the money for it or not, there are lots and lots of resources out there. So so reach out to outside resources and professional help to help you through that. Because when you go through that, there is a, things like this, and and I'm just speaking, I I had abuse as a child through my childhood, um, through uh, extended family members, no one in my, my, none of my siblings or anything like that. But, and so it was a little bit of a different experience but at the root, at the core, it challenges your core identity. It challenges everything you think about yourself. And and to rebuild that takes time and it takes someone outside of you showing you the truth, letting you know the things that weren't okay, that you knew and felt felt inside and that rebuilding of you, it takes time and it takes uh, attention and somebody else really helping you through that process because the challenge of really working through the mental and emotional processes of that, it, it's extensive. 
it's extensive for for all of us, any of us that go through any type of sexual abuse. And so understanding that, um, reaching out for help. Second is, and, and I go back to Elizabeth Smart's book. I don't know if you've read her book, but her book, um, it changed me. And being from Utah and being you know, young when that happened and being so struck by her story, reading her book, there's one thing that I will never forget that sticks out where she said when, when uh, she first came home and she was talking with her mom and I'm, I'm just, this is the Dana paraphrase. This isn't her exact quote, but she said something to the effect of do not give him one more day of your life. And that to me means I get to choose who I am from this moving forward. That for me changed my life. And, and I, I actually created an impactful experience. I went skydiving and it was one of those moments where I'm like, I'm leaving that on the plane and I'm diving out and I'm never going to be the same person again. And for me, that moment changed my life. That moment of saying no more, this will not define my life and I will see myself to the other side and I will speak about this. I will help people understand that they get to choose and define themselves really set up my career. The experiences set me up to be a life coach, to pursue these things, to help people understand they get to choose moving forward. We don't get to choose what happens to us, but we get to choose how we define ourselves moving forward. And those are the the golden nuggets, I would say, uh, from Amanda's story so far to really understand for those of you that are listening, to understand as you move forward. And everyone's path is unique. You just got to find yours. And everyone can find theirs. And Amanda, one of the our audience members is asking me to ask you, either through telepathy or something, but you're safe now, right? That that I, that issue is no longer relevant for you with that whatever. I can't call him human because I, I, that would not be appropriate. But Well, no, he's definitely still human. He's just not one of the good ones. And we have to understand that that's going to exist. You know, there's always going to be good people and bad people. We just have to learn how to stay away from the bad people. As far as my life goes now, I do go by a fake name because what I do is very unsafe for me. That man is still out there and he does occasionally still rear his ugly head and still try to hunt me down. Mm. So I go under this, this fake name. My last name is not actually legally Blackwood, but it, you know, that's, that's a lifetime ago. Now I have this incredible marriage. I'm coming up on a two-year wedding anniversary on um, the 26th of this month to this amazing man who is funny, brilliant. He's good looking and tall. I mean, he's the whole package. <laughs> but we met one month after my autobiography was published. Mm. He read the entire story. And he told me that the reason that he wanted to marry me was because he knew that if I could go through everything that I had been through and still come out the other side, still wanting to find some kind of a relationship and to find love, that he needed a lot more of that in his life. Now that's a good man right there. Mm -hmm. He's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I hope everyone can find that individual uh, through their life. And that would be, you know, because they're sadly, as you know, you've been through the wars. There are lots of guys that are not, not very nice. Right. I mean, <clears> don't I be walking to somebody in a grocery store asking for an autograph because you saw them on a website. 
Mm -hmm. That yeah. also wasn't a very nice person. Mm -mm. No, it's, 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 it's amazing to me. So I'm so proud of you. You are such a, you're such a, 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 a exciting person to have. And by the way, I got to tell you, not only are you going to be here, your story is also going to be Dana and I started to have uh, joined the uh, Brushwood Media Network, which is a digital network. My show, Positive Talk with Kevin McDonald, will be on Monday through Friday, starting next Monday. And your show is going to be on Thursday of this week because I'm going to repurpose it and bring it back because your story is so important to humanity to all of us that it just it makes me it makes me so pleased to know you thank you <laughs> you you're making you, me blush <laughs> <laughs> well you know the, and that's the thing i believe that that we all go through our journey of life and and the experience that we have both good and bad they bring us to who we really are mm-hmm and as you continue to grow, you are who you really are now. And without those experiences, you wouldn't be sitting here having this conversation. And we'll be helping somebody who is listening to this and they're sitting in their car. Turn on the heat. It's cold in your car. And they're sitting in their car and it is and they're listening to this because it's important. You know, I really like the way you put that, too. I hear people say all the time that which doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That was an aphorism created in the 1800s by a man who died in an insane asylum. We can let it go. And I know you and I have talked about this before, but it is not the past that made me strong. It is not the abuse. It is not the abuser. It is not the traumas. I always had the strength within me. Mm -hmm. I had to dig it up and find it. I needed a shovel and not a Band-Aid. Mm -hmm. Once I dug deep and found it, I became who I am mm -hmm. and it's no credit to them. It's credit to me. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Dana and I spent some time trying to figure out a, a, a catch name for the show. And we, so we spent like an hour uh, mining for gold on what we should. And, and we came up with, and this is what I'm going to stick to for the rest of time. That is know your greatness because we're all great. Sometimes it gets buried so deep, you need a shovel to get out from underneath it. <laughs> and sometimes it takes uh, somebody to help you. And the but if you look at it from a, the right from a proper perspective, it can be the adventure of a lifetime. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Amanda, can you can you speak a little bit to what does it mean when someone's working through their stuff? What does it mean using a shovel versus a band aid? in someone's life, let's say on the journey of, of um, this, this journey of healing, what would that look like um, for someone maybe listening out there? How do they know if they're using a Band-Aid versus a shovel? Well, the Band-Aids are things that you use to typically try to mask over some kind of a trauma reaction. And trauma reactions, a lot of times people don't even realize they have them. Road rage is a trauma reaction. <laughs> who knew? And, you know, you sitting there screaming at somebody who can't even hear you. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> so the Band-Aids, I learned about the Band-Aids very early on. My first sexual assault happened when I was four. It was my older brother. I started acting out. So did my brother. And my mom took us both into the doctor 
and she wanted to see if we could get diagnosed. It was 1984, Ritalin was all the rage. And I told my mother that my brother had ADHD, but I was fine. Mm. But she didn't believe them. So she started breaking my brother's medication in half and giving me a half of Ritalin every single day. And after a year, she took me off for a couple of days. So I was now a five-year-old going through a drug withdrawal and took me back into the doctors. There was clearly something wrong with me. Number one, I was acting out because I had been sexually assaulted at that point repeatedly. And number two, I was acting out because I was going through a drug withdrawal at five. They gave me my own prescription for Ritalin at that point. I learned very early on that my mother was not looking for a solution. She was looking for a Band-Aid. She didn't know what happened to me. She didn't know how to deal with it. She didn't know how to deal with me. Nobody knew how to do anything about it. So they did what they could. And, you know, when you fall and scrape your knee, you put a Band-Aid on it. This was so much more than just a scrape on the knee. This was something that took away what I call a slice of my soul. It took away part of who I was and it changed me forever. You can't put a Band-Aid on something like that. You can't get a temporary solution to a long-term issue. You can't drink this away. You can't smoke this away. You can't sex this away. You have to dig deep. You have to get into who you are and put back the pieces. And if you can't find all of them, that's all right. Make new ones. Oh, so well said. Oh, can we just like just shout that from the rooftops for everyone? So well said. So beautiful in so many ways. And this, what Amanda is talking about is beyond just sexual uh, uh, assault or sexual uh, sex trafficking or anything like that. This goes for a lot of those deep wounds that we experience by through the human, through the human life, through the human adventure and journey. And you cannot drink those things away, smoke those things away, uh, sex those things away. You, you cannot and you won't. And in fact, they will come back and they will show up in your life in lots of different forms. And diving deep into it, it's, it's that what I call buffalo courage, right? The buffalo will turn when it senses a storm coming, it turns, faces a storm and goes through it. Really facing those things is your fastest way to understanding your greatness and to getting through the quote unquote storm in, that, that took place. And it really is, it, it is the hardest and it takes the most courage and the most, uh, I would say the most bravery to, to face it and to move through it. But when you do, you know, I think Amanda and I can both really attest it is worth it. It is worth it coming out on the other side stronger, with more depth, with more empathy, with more and more power personally for who you are, more, more self-awareness. The gifts that come from moving through that, oftentimes um, people have no clue. They're just looking at, oh my gosh, I just don't want to look at that. I just want to, I just want to put that in a box and put it away mentally and never go back to it again, you know, and, and opening that box and moving through that really, there are so many personal gifts from that journey. I got to ask both of you a question. <clears throat> and that is this, both of you have seen 
the dark side of humanity, of men, how men can be, oh, shall we say, less than perfect. Um, they can be sex-driven. They can uh, make up stories that, that don't apply to stuff. And yet both of you, and I know, I know Dana's um, um, significant other, he is a dynamically awesome individual. And you have said that about, but how did you, because I have also been wronged by the females of my life. <laughs> I was going to say, females can be, can, can be all of that too. Well, we can and, be dirty. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and so I have said, screw it. I'm done. Mm -hmm. How is it that you guys decided to continue to search for the right kind of guy? The worst abuse that I received when I was a child was not the abuse of my older brother. It was not the physical abuse of my father. It was the mental and emotional abuse and manipulation of my mother. So yeah, women can be really dirty. Mm -hmm. I had to also recognize that most of my dearest friends when I was a child were female. But then I also had to realize that it wasn't just men who were purchasing sex for me when I was in Scotland. I was raped by men and women. You cannot judge an entire race or gender based on the actions of a few nasty, evil individuals ever. Because for every, like I said, every bad thing that happened, there was always something good too. Yes, I was in Scotland being trafficked, but I got to explore castles and wander around in beautiful cities and have wonderful food. And when I left Scotland, I was homeless and asked out on a date by Jim Carrey. <laughs> you, you can't have one evil thing without having one good thing. It always exists. You just have to look for it and find it. If you have been that wronged in your life, imagine how right it can be in your future. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, I think uh, it's... I, going back to my decision and my choice to say, you know what, I've experienced this and never again, never again. I don't settle for that. I don't accept that in my life. I'm not interested in that. And, and to be aware too, I remember I was, I was taking a class one time and there was a man in the class that always wanted to hug me. And this is when I was first processing through my, my abuse stuff. And I remember telling my coach saying, he just gives me the creeps and it makes me uncomfortable, but I feel so bad that I'm judging him. And she goes, Dana, don't you dare discount your intuition. Don't you dare discount your own comfort, yourself for another person's uh, want for a hug. And that moment changed me of, you know what, you're right. I get to trust myself. And I really believe all the root of all trust issues is a lack of self-trust, not knowing who to trust. Mm -hmm. And that woke me up to this, oh, I have these spidey senses. <laughs> I have these, these senses that I can get about people and understand people. And I get to honor that about myself and I get to watch. And it doesn't mean that I judge people and I hold them to that. No, no, no. If I feel that way about a person, I'll just sit back and watch. I'll honor myself, honor my distance, you know, no, no, but I'll shake your hand, you know, and have those, those little quick, 
quick one-liners for myself. You know, those are things that I did to help myself through that process and then watch, watch and observe people. And if I still feel that way, you know, in, in six months, great. I still feel that way and I'm fine with that. But I think understanding and taking your power back, you know, and for me, I grew up with brothers, uh, boy cousins. I only have boys. Like it was a thing. And to put a blanket statement of, of, oh my gosh, all men, I, all men are this way and I can't with men and I don't trust men. That would be a disservice. That would be a disservice to, to people in my life or my, my own children, my own boys. And so I knew that I had to really tap into my own, my own discernment to understand that and to take back my power and say, I'm not settling. If, if I feel any of these things about any individual, I, they don't have to be in my life and I don't have to say yes to that. And that I think is what really helped me is taking my power back with that and saying, I, I can decide and I get to choose and my discernment is right for me. So Amanda, setting boundaries, living your truth, being who you really are. Those are all really important things to you, aren't they? Absolutely. Yeah. That's a big part of everything that I do. If I wasn't doing those things now, I wouldn't have this amazing marriage that I have. No, I wouldn't be as healed as I am. I wouldn't have this open heart that is just so completely filled with love. I like who I am now. And it's because I have these boundaries and because I know when to say, nope, that's too much. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> do you guys recognize how strong you are as human beings, as people? Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes. I agree. <laughs> Not every day do you feel that way. Yeah. But when I get in rooms with people like Amanda that own their greatness and stand in that, it reminds me, oh, yeah, I remember that feeling. And I think that's the power of someone like Amanda in your life to help through this. I don't know if, if you coach people, Amanda, or what that looks like, but the power of, of really following Amanda, follow her. As a woman, I highly recommend follow Follow what she's doing. Look her up because having someone like that to mirror to you, that kind of authentic power, loving who you are, knowing what that looks like is helpful to then step into that for yourself. Because if we don't know what it looks like, it's really difficult to do that, actually. Right. This isn't something that I was ever taught as a child. Yeah. Me I was either. taught the exact opposite. Yeah. Yes. Now, now, ladies, I got to tell you, there are people in our audience that are saying, you know, I, I want to drink what they're drinking uh, because I really like who they who they are. Green tea. Yes, green tea. <laughs> so, so, Amanda, you go first. Give us some tips and some ideas on if you are that one of those people that is floundering with things that have not gone well in your life and you're stuck in the mud with that, how to get out of it. The best way to get out is to have somebody hand you a rope. You cannot do this alone. And I know how difficult it is to ask for help. Believe me, I know. I didn't ask for help until I was almost 40 years old. I was 39 years old, four months away from being 40 when I finally asked for help. Mm. And the reason it's so difficult is because we've been told our own all our lives, oh, you get through this but you're just throwing another straw on the camel's back at that point. And you put too many stones together. You're going to build them out and you can't get over. Hmm. You have to stop, take a deep breath and recognize I've been through some stuff 
and I need some help. And it's okay to ask for it when you need it, not if you need it, but when you need it, because everybody needs it at some point in their lives. Amanda, do you have a coach? I do not. Do you want one? I know one. <laughs> <laughs> I know one too now. Yeah. Hi. Hi. <laughs> it's, it's amazing to me that you've gotten through all of the things that you've been through, but I also, it, it would, not serve you well if I did not talk about your ability as an actor, as a as a voice actor, and your ability as a writer. How long have you been writing for? Because you've got 12 books or more, right? 13 published now. I've got number 14 coming out soon. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, the, my writing is really what got me through a lot of the tough stuff in my life. Mm -hmm. I started writing at a very early age, and I had a sixth grade teacher was the first person to really encourage me. Yeah, he wrote a half a sentence on the board followed by the ellipses, you know, the dot, dot, dot. And our assignment was to finish that sentence and to write a paragraph. <laughs> and the amount of time that we were given to write a paragraph, I wrote five pages. And I was upset <laughs> because my teacher said, it's time to turn in your assignments. And I said, I'm not done yet. <laughs> and he told me, he said, I'll never forget this man. He was a retired Air Force colonel, brilliant man absolutely loved children and had the patience of a saint. I don't know how, <laughs> but he told me, go ahead and turn it in. I will grade yours first so I can give it back to you and you can continue the story then. Mm. But, oh, okay. That, that sounds, that sounds fair. So I gave him my, my stuff. Within a couple minutes, he gave it back to me with red ink written in the margin. Something, uh Oh, I didn't do well. The notes said, when you finish writing this story, please turn it in again for extra credit because I want to know what happens. <laughs> and when I turned it into him at the end of the day, he put his hand on the dead center of the page, just right on the page and said, someday you're going to write a book. And I want you to know I'm already proud of you for it. Wow. I died before I got my first book published. Wow. Oh. You know, I, I got to tell you, if you're listening, if you're in our audience and you are a teacher or you are a coach or you are a mentor, you do not understand the ability that you have to positively affect somebody's life that will go on forever. Mm -hmm. uh, I had a coach, a little league coach who did the same thing for me. He was a great guy. His name was Scott. He came from Scotland. His name was Scotty Reed. <laughs> and he fell out of a window he was a window washer um a year after i was he was done coaching me fell out of a window and died uh he he was an important piece of my life and i will always always um respect coaches and teachers because you know not who you're going to positively affect if you go at it with the right mindset mm -hmm. and, um, it's a wonderful avocation i wish we could pay them more anyway mm -hmm. that's, that's just me but mm -hmm. amanda that's a beautiful story. And have you written that story? Have I have not. That, that story that you wrote then. I, I think I did write that in a blog once, but that was about as far as it went. I don't think it even made it into my autobiography. Mm -hmm. But the autobiography really, when you sit down to write your life story, you have to figure out what focus you're going to take. And mm -hmm. for me, it was overcoming the obstacles, not necessarily how I became a writer or any of those fun adventure stories. It was about 
overcoming all the abuse and all of this, this stacked trauma that mm. happened in my life. So I had to leave that out. But eventually, I'm hoping that I can uh, really kind of incorporate that. I'm, I'm kind of leaning away from doing the nonfiction books these days. I have mm -hmm. a 1930s, 1940s fiction uh, mystery series that I'm working on. And I'm hoping mm -hmm. I can incorporate a lot of these fun, lighthearted, joyous stories from my life into this character's life. Oh, wow. Wow. It'll be fun. so cool. So if you can see my background, I've got a dress from 1947. I've got a radio from the late thirties. I've yeah. got a table that's from about the mid thirties. Yeah. yeah. I have a huge collection of all these uh, period antiques and stuff. I used to be a museum guy at the museum of tolerance in Los Angeles. I specialized in the Holocaust mm. exhibit. So oh, I wow. have a great love of that period of history. Mm. I think because it mirrors my own life. Yeah. I mean, massive obstacles. Oh, I wonder, do you know, I was obsessed in high school and my mom, I was reading it so much all about the Holocaust. I was like, are you okay? <laughs> and looking back, I'm like, I think that that's why I think that the, the, the travesties of what happened and people overcoming that was just so inspiring for that time in my life because of the secret I had been keeping and what I felt, you know, through that. So that is so cool. Wow. You have had several lifetimes, haven't you? Like 12 <laughs> lifetimes in one life. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like, wow. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> a lot of life to live, a lot of things to write about. Absolutely. Yeah. Indeed. And if somebody wants to get your work, they're everywhere, right? They, you can go to Amazon and you can, they're uh, all 13 books are, are out there. So uh, Amanda uh blackwood is the author's name and just go there and and you're you're delightful i do have mm -hmm. to say you know mm -hmm. every time that i get to see you and we've done a couple of these shows it's just it's, it's and that's that's why i'm so pleased that my friend dana would could be here to talk to you as well because you have an impact and you are yeah. you're creating an impact in our world in a yeah. positive place yeah. and i really appreciate everything that you're doing so do you have a podcast amanda I have several. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's let's talk about a little bit about where people can listen to you because I think your your voice is so impactful. Like it hits straight to the heart. Thank Not you. to mention your words and your writing. So I definitely go on Amazon and follow Amanda Blackwood because she does have those new books that will be coming out, right? The 14th one soon. And yes. so follow her so you can get those notifications. That's one of the beautiful things about Amazon is being able to follow those different authors and get notifications. But what are your podcasts? So my main podcast is called Survivors Stories of Hope Live On. Mm. And I interview other people who have written also their own life story and overcoming their traumas and uh, challenges throughout life and talking about how they overcome it. Every single person that I have on my podcast is somebody who has gone through the process of writing their own books and they're struggling just like I did to get their voices heard. So it's all about elevating their voices. My, some of my favorite guests have sent me their books. And those are what I have lined up on top of my radio back here. I absolutely love these books. I have a little collection. I hadn't even gotten around to reading them all. <laughs> my second podcast is called Growth from Darkness. I co-host this with a lady from Australia. She and I talk. Um, it's coming down to uh, only once a month now instead of every other week. 
because of the time difference and stuff. We have we struggle. But that one, we talk about what trauma reactions are, what the long-term consequences are of not dealing with them, because there's always those long-term consequences, and then how to fight back against them to retrain your brain for a better quality life. I have another podcast uh, that's called Podzio, where basically I just have podcasters come on, talk about why they got into doing what it is that they're doing, and you know, all about their show and talk a little bit about who they have if they do guests. And the last one that I have is super, super short episodes is called That's a Phobia. <laughs> <laughs> And it's just me trying desperately to pronounce the different phobias and spell it out and then talk about what they are and if there's any kind of historical connection to anybody in history. Wow. How fun. You are busy. And if you go on her website, Dana, you will, and you go to her podcast page, she's been on like 10 billion podcasts. So <laughs> I was a guest on over a hundred podcasts in just the year 2023. I'm How very fun. proud of that. Yeah. Worked hard. I'm cutting back a lot this year. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you're not going to be able to cut us out. No, no. I make room for my favorites. So, so, yeah. oh, <laughs> let me. I'm I'm seeking gratitude here. Um, so, what, are we one of your more favorite ones? <laughs> like us? Are we okay? I mean, no pressure. You know, <laughs> there's a billion people listening, and most of them are my friends. So they're gonna come. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> That's fun. Well, okay. So you have your podcast, and you have your books. Is, is there any other way that people can uh, follow you? Do you have social media? What are the best ways? Oh, my gosh. If I was not on Facebook as much as I am, I would probably write more than two books a year. So all 13 <laughs> books have come out since 2018. Okay. Wow. Um, I am very active on Facebook, more than I should be. I also have an Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. Um, I'm on Twitter, but hardly ever. You know, all the, all the major fun ones, mm -hmm. <laughs> but yeah, Facebook is probably the easiest way to be able to reach out and get in touch with me and comment on my stuff. And I run a couple of different groups and stuff just for fun. Beautiful. And I, you know, I have to tell you in, in the, you, you are in rarefied air because I'm supposed to do these breaks and I've blown the entire break process. <laughs> Uh, because you, <laughs> you we were having too much fun and this information is too important mm -hmm. and i didn't want to subdivide it in any of that way so nathan sorry i got your fingers ready for the button and we didn't use it that's all right <laughs> but you know it's been such a fun chat though i love that we can sit together like this and have this conversation about these really dark subjects and still laugh from the mm -hmm. heart. Yeah. It's yeah. Important. And it is, it's important. It's important to talk about these topics and the movement through them and what it looks like. And all these things are really valuable for people to understand because that's how we educate. That's how we, we help people understand this process so then we can help other people. So it's beautiful. I'm really grateful too, Kevin. Thanks for is bringing us together. Well, you, you guys are more than welcome because there are people that are out there in our audience um, now or in the future that are hiding all of these things and they're buried and it's affecting them in ways that they don't even recognize. And until you get, as Amanda says, you get the shovel out 
and you start digging your way out of it, you're going to be there. And the travesty of your life would be if you never use that shovel and you're there for your entire life. That would be a that would be a, a horrible travesty. So take her advice, contact her and uh, or contact Dana and get to get some help if you need it. There's also a crisis hotline I want to point out, which is 988. If you are feeling in your in your depth of your soul that you are in crisis, there's a national hotline called 988. Um, Amanda, we've just got a couple of minutes left. I want to set aside myself and you say and tell our audience anything you'd like them to know and then dana can follow that well i do want to add to the 988 comment i absolutely love this and for the people that aren't familiar with calling 988 what a lot of people don't realize is that when you are in crisis when you're talking to somebody on the phone they're working on trying to pair you with an actual psychologist and somebody with lived experience I cannot say enough good things about 988. They have personally been responsible for pulling several people out of domestic violence situations, out of human trafficking, and human trafficking hotline doesn't do that. They collect stats. If you're in crisis, call 988. Absolutely. That's huge. And just remember, if you don't know where to look for the resources that you're needing, Get out your, I mean, if you're listening to this, you probably have a phone or, or a computer or an iPad, a tablet, something. You have the internet. Look it up. When I was going through everything that I went through, these resources were not available. They're everywhere now. Mm -hmm. And if I hadn't been able to find them and use them when I needed them the most, I wouldn't be where I am right now. Mm -hmm. This is absolutely credit to the people who run these programs. They run these programs because they've been there, because they've seen it, because they've experienced it, because they have a heart to want to help. You are the reason they're there. Let them do their job. I love that. You are the reason they're there. Let them do their job. That's a that's a that's a t-shirt. <laughs> Yeah, give them the gift. Give them the gift of being able to serve and to do what they're there to do. And and I, I do want to speak to that moment um, that, that I think often when you're in crisis that you can feel the moment of total fear. You don't know what's going to happen, what they're going to say, you know, what's going to take place. And there's a lot of fear that pops up. And if you can just take some deep breaths and just just take that leap. I think you'll be surprised at the support that you'll get. You'll be surprised about how you can move through. And you don't have to think of the whole big picture. It's just one step, one day at a time. One step, one day at a time. And if you can focus there, I think that that's where the real power is. One step, one day. That's it. I want to thank both of you ladies for being here. Amanda, will you come back and see us again? I would be thrilled. Absolutely. Uh you are, you are a dynamic young lady and, and we love you and, and Dana, you as well. Um, we're going to do another show today and it's going to be at three o'clock and there's a guy by the name of Eric who is also a musician. He is the uh, producer here at KKNW and Kixie and he's going to be the guest at three o'clock on Kixie. So I hope that you'll come and visit us then. Um, and in the meantime, 
remember, be kind to one another because each other's all we've got. We'll see you at 3 o'clock on Kixie. <laughs>